Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I'm so excited that y'all have chosen to tune in today because today's topic is one that I feel like I get asked about all the time, particularly as I've spent the last two years traipsing around the world while still working as I traveled. Um, I have a friend named Chelsea who I've known for years now. We worked together, but I'll let her explain that in a little bit. And she is also a digital nomad which is why today we are going to be talking about living as a digital nomad. We're going to be sharing some of the really awesome parts about that, some of the more difficult parts, and how we both got into this kind of life season situation that we find ourselves in. So, Chelsea, say hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Janine. Girl, I am so glad you are here and even more excited because we just planned that I'm coming to see you in Denver in just a few months and I cannot wait for a long girls weekend. Sorry. So excited. (laughs) Would love for you to just take a few minutes to introduce yourself, maybe share some facts about you. I just said you live in Denver, but I want to hear why you chose to live in Denver. Um, And then maybe a fun fact. Sure. Um, so of course, name is Chelsea, Chelsea Brinkley. I am 31 and I do live in Denver, Colorado with my husband, Jeff and our dog, Leon. And a fun fact, um, our dog, Leon has officially been on 50 flights so far. Crazy. Okay. So your dog has yes. been on more flights than most than a lot of people. That's crazy. <laughs> has your dog been on that many flights? I think you need to give some context for that. Oh yes. Okay. So he is an emotional support animal. So he flies with us. He sits on my lap or Jeff's lap. Whenever we fly, he is so good. He sleeps the entire flight and people, a lot of the time when they're sitting in the same aisle with us, don't even know that he's there. That is so, I love that dog. You know how much I love him, right? Yes. (laughs) He's going to be so happy to see you. I cannot wait to see him. You moved to Denver a few years ago. You and Jeff did. Um, You used to live in Nashville. That's how we met when we Mm -hmm. both lived in Nashville. So why did you guys choose to move to Denver? That's a really good question. Um, We wanted to honestly just to have a change. We needed like a life change and we wanted to go somewhere that was a little bit more outdoorsy. I love the mountains and we both love hiking, mountain biking and all of that stuff. So we just needed to go somewhere that was a little bit made for that. Um, Denver is a really great place because they have an international airport. It's super outdoorsy and it's just honestly a better fit for us. As difficult as it was leaving Nashville, it's just a better home base for us. Yeah. Denver's great. I've been a couple times now and every time it was honestly before I chose to, which we were talking about this earlier. I didn't really choose to move back to Nashville. It just sort of Mm -hmm. happened. Um, but Denver was one that was on my list. I didn't really tell anyone that, but it was on. My oh my list. goodness. Can I convince you? <laughs> maybe <laughs> within a few weeks, maybe. <laughs> okay. It won't be very hard. I'll go ahead and say that. I think just Denver is beautiful. I'm also a mountains person and you know that. Okay. So then we kind of touched on this, but I would love to hear this from your perspective. How do we know each other? Oh, uh, we used to work together. Um, gosh, I just like think about like all the times I would go down to your desk and just be like, what, what am I doing? I can like visually like remember that. Oh, it's so fun. So yeah, so we used to work together. Yeah, I don't know if we're saying where we worked or not. Oh well, people know where I worked, so everyone kind of. Oh well, then I worked there too. So yeah, we both worked at Ramsey Solutions in Nashville. Yeah, and I remember when you started because you were about to be married, and I was working in HR at the time, right? Yes. Yeah, and a lot of jobs there. 
I did have a lot of jobs there. Well, I kind of rotated. I went from HR to technology back to HR and then somehow ended up in customer support. Who knows? Um, Because I don't. It just sort of happened. But I remember when you started and I was immediately like, I like her. I want to be her friend. (laughs) And it worked out. So I'm really glad. You were just like always my person that I felt like I could talk to. Yes. Me too. It was just, I loved having you there. I feel like you were my saving grace of someone that I could always feel like I could freely talk to and never be like judged or never question, you know, anything just always open. So I loved that. Anytime. But I loved it too, because I felt like I always came up to your desk, particularly in the last few months of working there. Um, And we kind of like would flip flop that conversation of like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Absolutely. we loved the people we worked with. The company was amazing, obviously changing people's lives all over the place, but our roles were just not a good fit for us at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you actually ended up leaving just a few months before I did. Right. It was that summer. Yeah. That yeah. summer. It's crazy. And then you guys moved to Denver and I don't want to jump ahead, but we're going to talk about all about how you kind of launched into this digital nomading, remote working, being a total boss in your... (laughs) I have one more introduction question though. Okay. That is going to be such a fun one to ask you because you travel a lot. So where is your favorite place you've ever been? And feel free to name more than one because you've been a lot of places. And then where is a place you're really looking forward to going in the future? Ooh, good question. Okay. So favorite place, this is really, really difficult because the world Mm -hmm. is gorgeous and huge and Uh magical. Um, we just came back from Banff, um, outside Calgary in Canada and last night, last night, last night. (laughs) absolutely love that area. I think it's like stunningly beautiful. If you're a mountain person like Janine and I, you would be in love. Mm -hmm. So definitely go there. So I love Banff and I also really loved Iceland when we were there Mm. and going around the ring road and it was just absolutely gorgeous. It felt like you were on another planet being in Iceland. And then my last place is my favorite place is uh, Cinque Terre in (gasps) Italy. Stunningly beautiful, picturesque. I just... Amen. Yeah. Praise hands. Yes. <laughs> and then a place that I really hope to go, I really want to go to Costa Rica. And um, right now, just like given weather is not a good time, September, September and October aren't, but I'm hoping in the spring we can head that direction. For some reason, yeah. it's just been a place that I've wanted to go and haven't yet. Also, y'all need to be following Chelsea on Instagram and on her blog because every time you re- read, uh, write a post and I read it, <laughs> I'm <always laughs> like, dang, she like knows so much. You were recently, I saw something where you were basically saying, when are the best times to go to different places around the world based on the climates and just kind of like the natural weather in those places and where mm-hmm. you're gonna, when you're going to get the best deal going as well. And I was like, girlfriend is knowledgeable, man. Like she <laughs> knows what. <laughs> You're sweet. Thanks. I'm honest. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I am still kind of like in awe looking at the photos that you guys have been posting from Banff. What was it? Lake, Lake Peyto? You know me, I'm going to be honest. I don't really know how to say it. (laughs) And I have this like Southern accent. So I'm like, like Peyto, is that it? You know, (laughs) I think it's, I think it is Peyto. It's gorgeous. It is stunning. And the blue color is insane. 
And you also, if you go to Banff, have to go to Lake Moraine. It's unreal. I, mean, I think I the color blue is even brighter than Lake Pato. I know you've been there a few times the last few years, but if at any time, you know, in the next year or so, you want to go back, just like holler at your friend right here because I would I've go been, tomorrow. Okay. Cause I've been dying to go there. Like for real, for real offline, been dying to go there. Can we go together? And can we just work from there for like a week or whatever? Yes. Okay. We've said it on the podcast. It's going out into the internet. <laughs> now it has to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll plan it. Let's do it. Yes. Oh my God. I can't wait. Okay. Well, let's move into our topic. This is going to be such a seamless transition because we're already talking about working and traveling um, at the same time, which is amazing. So let's talk about what it's really like to live as a digital nomad. You've kind of shared that we worked at the same company, but can you share a little bit maybe about your work background, what you were doing, and then how you first got into being a remote worker? Sure. So at Ramsey, I supported and I worked as the executive assistant to the chief digital officer. So I was in the tech field as well. And while I was there, again, love the people, love the mission, great company. I really struggled um, just being in a cubicle all the time. Yep. And I really wanted to be able to travel more. You know, we only, or I, I'll say I only had 15 PTO vacation days. And for someone just that has this deep desire to travel, that's not quite enough. And, you know, most of those days were consumed by, you know, family trips, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and that sort of thing. And it really only led to maybe one vacation a year with those 15 days. So, you know, that was the desire is I really, I don't want to lose my career, but I want to travel more. So I stepped out and started working as a virtual executive assistant and I found a few clients of my own and they're entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, small business owners, like that sort of thing. And so, yeah, I started working with them a little bit and doing some hours there. And it just kind of grew into a place where I now am a coach for other virtual assistants and I help them walk that same path. And then I also match up entrepreneurs with very skilled virtual assistants because I coach them. Yeah. That's kind of like the path that I've walked. It was, I'll be honest, like it was intentional to step away from the cubicle life and into working remotely, working from anywhere, but starting this entire virtual assistant business was, it kind of just happened. Right. I know a little thing about things just happening. Like, yes, you do. So, (laughs) well, you kind of answered the next question I was going to ask. And that was just kind of like, what was your why? Maybe a better way to say this is like, what was the last straw? What was that thing where you were just like, I have to pursue this thing because of this reason? Oh, good question. Jeff, my husband and I weren't able to see each other much. I know that sounds really silly. We live together. We're married and we were constantly like passing one another, you know, from work. Like he worked a corporate job. I worked a corporate job. We were both doing the whole cubicle life and just running past one another. You know, I would get off work around six ish, you know, sometimes it was later depending on what was needed. And, you know, he would work and then it would be go home, go to the gym. You know, if we could fit that in, who's making dinner. And it just felt like, We were constantly running around and passing one another. And I just like had this moment where I was like, I haven't really seen and spent time with my husband in like four days and we live together. We're just running around constantly. 
And I just had this moment where I was like, it's not supposed to be like this. I don't think it's supposed to be like this. And so there became like the vision of how can this change? What can we do better? How can we be intentional with our lives so that we can work from anywhere, but also keep our careers? Right. That was a long answer. (laughs) No, it's perfect. No, it's great. Because that is what it is, is you start to realize like, this might be what is, has become culturally, you know, standard. Yeah. Normal, but like why? And is it actually the healthiest thing? Cause I would even say, and you'd probably agree cause you've traveled Europe as well, but I just noticed the work-life balance abroad is so much better. It like, is. It's actually a priority. We talk about it here. We talk about it like it's a priority. And obviously this is a generalization. This isn't true for everyone in every place in every company, but mm-hmm. like we talk about how important it is that when you're, you know, you're with your family, you're with your family. And when you're at work, you're at work. And, but I think that the expectations have just gotten like bigger and bigger and more crazy because of technology. Like, oh yeah, when you're home, you should be home. But if you get an email, you better answer it. Even if it's eight o'clock at night, like that kind of stuff just seems so unhealthy. And I found that in Europe, especially places like Spain or Italy, they are for real, for real about when they're not at work, they're not at work. It's so true. You know, I found myself like whenever I would not answer an email until the next day, like midday, and I'm like, not even 24 hours have gone past. I was apologizing for it. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to it within the hour. You know, like that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, I'll agree. Like one of the best parts I found, and we'll talk a little bit about this, but like not being limited to a certain number of vacation days or sick days or, um, I mean, there are some like negatives that come along with working remotely too, which we will talk about, but that has been one of the best benefits to me because you just have a lot more flexibility. You know, you make your schedule, you have to be very disciplined, right? Um, which I'm not always, yeah, there are a lot of reasons that your why became your why. And so did mine, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, let's talk about some fun stuff. Where have been some of the places you've been able to both travel to and work in over the last few years? Okay, so of course, the Canada, just like I mentioned, we were recently there. So we've been in Vancouver. We worked from there. We've been in Banff um, outside Calgary. We were working from there. Cabo in Mexico, Cancun area. We've been to that area and we're working from there all over the United States. I mean, from San Francisco, New York. Mm-hmm. Nashville, just all over the U.S. A lot. <laughs> a lot of cities within the U.S. Um, and we were in Puerto Rico. We worked from there for about a week and a half. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And we are hoping to, you know, of course we travel with our dog. And so he can only be on flights for a certain amount of time, like yeah. about four hours is his limit. So we are hoping, you know, to go to Western Europe, like starting next year, like maybe March-ish or something like that Amazing. next year. Like a longer time there. So um, I'm going to work and do life from Western Europe. We'll see, but that's kind of the vision, kind of the idea. And we'll do a stopover in Iceland, you know, so that our dog doesn't fly that. Right. Right. Break up the but flights. Break it up. Yeah. Okay. And you recently, I'm totally going off the cuff here, but you recently cool, cool, cool. added a new member to your family that has four wheels. <gasps> what oh, is- I was like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know something I don't know. (laughs) I was saying it out loud. I was like, yes, what we now have. We um, have a travel trailer or a camper. So it's a small, like 20 foot camper. And we actually just like 
around the U.S. and mostly like the Western U.S., um, Colorado, Utah, and that sort of stuff, we have been romping around in our travel trailer and working from there. Of course, there's some like tech that's needed in order to do that, making sure there's good Wi-Fi, or we actually, from a tech perspective, just use our cell phone service as a hotspot. Yeah, uh, and just make sure we always check the route where we're going ahead of time, and make sure that we do have cell service there. But we do a lot of um, dispersed camping, which means it's not in a campground because our travel trailer is self-sustaining. So we have water. A, we have a bathroom. Like people are like, "Oh, you're just, no, we have a bathroom in there. We have a shower <laughs> and stuff." And yeah. And then we have like this goal zero, not sponsored, but we have this goal zero, um, really large battery that helps charge our battery, like for our laptops and everything in the trailer. It can last about a week. That's so fun. Yeah. You were recently posting pictures. You guys were like at this tiny little, no, I shouldn't say tiny, but it was a small lake and there was like no one there except for you guys in your trailer. Yeah. It's crazy. The places that you can work remotely. So it's, I mean, it's just insane. Both Jeff and I were like, how do we have service right here? Let's set up shop. And we've got this fold out table, you know, it's not nothing fancy, but we have a fold out table, hook yep. up our laptops and we're good to go. It's amazing. It's like, it's truly living the dream. Maybe not everyone's dream, but I think it's a lot of people's dreams. I think it's our dream. <laughs> your dream and that's what matters as you've traveled and worked where have been some of your like favorite places or maybe the places that were the easiest to work in while you were visiting well we were in cuba this year and i will say you cannot work remotely from there the internet situation does not work so don't follow remote workers don't try to go to cuba and work at the same time not gonna happen um gosh i really loved being in puerto rico and working from there, Puerto Rico is such a gorgeous place. And I absolutely loved it. And I think that was just, it was one of our big moments of like, how are we doing this? You know, like mm -hmm. when you are, when you're, you just go about your day and you're like, this is our life. Like how, how are we <laughs> able to do this? And I think yeah. that was just one of those places where we had that aha moment. And mm -hmm. that's really special. That is so I went to Puerto Rico in high school on like a church trip and it was my first, I know it's not technically international, but it felt international. It feels it. It yeah. does. It feels very different. And it is gorgeous. Like, I think everyone should visit Puerto Rico, particularly now just to like help their economy. But like, what a beautiful place. And it's the people gorgeous. are so great. They are. Oh, and sidebar, another place that we loved is when we were in Cabo. Mm -hmm. Being able to work there, like we were staying at a hotel and I was under a beach umbrella working using the hotel Wi-Fi. Like what is life? How is that possible? So, but it is, that's what the, that's the beauty of it. Like, cause I'm sure you get quite a few questions either via your website or Instagram, but people asking like, how do you do it? How do I do it? I want to know, like, tell me all the secrets. Mm -hmm. like, Absolutely. <laughs> not that difficult, but you know. It is, you just have, anyway, we'll talk about that, but it is possible for those of you who are listening, who are like, this sounds like a dream. I want in, I want the insider secrets. We're going to share some of them with you, but also Chelsea's a gold mine of wisdom and information. So <laughs> we'll make sure to plug all of the things that you should be following at the end of the episode. Speaking of how amazing working remotely is, um, some of it's also hard. <laughs> There are Absolutely. some, some uh, unique challenges to being a nomad or being a remote worker. So what are some of the, that you found some of the hardest things about digital nomading? 
I think, you know, not being lonely um, and finding community. So we have a home base, you know, we did it a little bit differently where we have a home base in Denver. And from there we travel extended periods of time, you know, whatever works, but so that's what we do. And we have intentionally created a community in Denver, um, the church that we attend being involved in intramural sports and small groups and that sort of thing. That has been really crucial for us to feel like we are a part of a community and not just on our own, if that makes sense. So that can be really difficult. And I think, you know, as you are working as a digital nomad, it can be really hard to not have that community, not having that office that you walk into Mm -hmm. to say hi to your friends that, you know, at the desk next to you and stuff. Yeah. And I'll add on, I kind of did the opposite thing where (laughs) I digital, I became a digital nomad or, or, you know, a remote worker. And then I was constantly on the move for almost two years. And how was that for you community wise? Yeah. You know, thanks for asking. Um, (laughs) the tables have turned. Um, you know, it was, it was a unique challenge for sure. I think that, um, the fact that I talked to my team once or twice a week via video was really helpful. Um, it was funny because I kind of ended up feeling like my leader became like one of my closest friends because I talked to him more than I talked to anyone else on a consistent basis, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, but I, I am a little bit more of an introverted human. And so for me, I don't mind being on my own too much, but I did find I was getting more work done and I was being more productive when I would take myself to a coffee shop. Um, because then there was that buzz and that energy happening around me. It was like I was with people. Um, I might not have actually known all of them or had full on conversations, but I kind of got that buzz of being in a work or community style environment. And I ended up being more productive in that way. So I think it was just kind of finding that balance and getting really intentional about making sure I was trying to meet people everywhere I went, but then also putting myself in environments where it felt like I was with people. I'll say like, I've had to create a routine for myself where twice, at least twice a week, I go to a coffee shop because I miss that human element, you know, like me just sitting at my laptop or doing, you know, video calls and stuff is wonderful, but I, I need to be like around other people who are doing something similar and just well, speaking of routine, that's probably the hardest and biggest challenge for me being remote mm-hmm. is having a routine. I think that I, because I've been on the go for the last two years, it was kind of just like, all right, Janine, you go to a coffee shop for six hours and that's your work day. But now that I have a home base, because I just recently moved back to Nashville, I, I've only been here for a few days, so I should probably cut myself a little bit of slack. But I've realized like, oh, crap. Like I don't know how to work from home because I've never had a home. (laughs) It's hard. It's, and it's going to take some time. Like for anyone who's like, is stepping out into that, creating a routine and, you know, creating like your own space and whatever that looks like really takes time. Like I, I feel like it took me like three to four weeks to really figure out what worked for me. Yeah. I think I already started doing this literally today. So I did this last night where I was like, all right, Janine, when you're home and you got to set apart space, like you need to be very intentional about essentially creating blocks of time that you're working. So I like went into my little calendar and I like said, okay, from 8am to 11am or whatever you're working. And then from noon to to two, you're getting lunch with a friend. And it's like, Kind of, I mean, honestly, it reminds me of having worked in an office and doing other people's calendars. It's kind of what we had to do, right? 
as a yeah. sense. We had to block their calendar. And now I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm doing this for myself and we're going to test it out and see how it works. But yeah, routine, kind of creating that um, space and intentionality and making sure that work is getting done instead of, you know, watching a movie because I'm home or, you know, taking a nap because I love to sleep. Um, <laughs> just being more intentional about a routine is definitely probably the biggest challenge for me. But what other challenges have you found? I think so kind of going in line with that, like I have a really hard time shutting down because I can work from anywhere. So I do. And that's not actually like really healthy. I need to have like a hard shutdown time. And even like, you know, with Jeff and I, like, and when we're at our home base and like he comes home and we do dinner and stuff, like I sometimes I'm like, let me just finish this project really quickly. And at nine o'clock I'll have hop back on my laptop and spend two hours working. Mm -hmm. And that's just not, it's not the healthiest thing. And I'm trying to do a lot better about actually closing my laptop and being done with work. So creating your own routine. And, you know, if you are a night owl and you prefer to work in the evenings, awesome, go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can create that as a remote worker, but for me, it's just shutting down, having a hard, like shutdown time, whenever that is. Is yeah. something dude, I need to do better at. Dude, same. Like it is hard. And it's hard because I don't I'm sure this might be true for you too, but my the company I work with, we're all remote. And so we it's it's there's not a normal work day. It's not like we're all on from eight to five. We are all kind of on when we're on. And mm-hmm. so sometimes, you know, I'll get a Slack message or a Trello message will come in at like eight or nine PM and I'll be at home and I'll, I'll think like, well, okay, I can just hop on and do it now. But do I want to set an expectation that I'm always available? Probably not because that's unhealthy for everyone if they then expect me to always be available. I think I've had to find like, there just has to be really clear communication with the team that I'm working with about like, hey, I have this thing and I'm going to be out or I want to make sure I take Sundays off. Um, Different things like that. Just being, you have to have a lot more clear communication because there isn't, at least in my experience, a clear set time that you're working. Oh, absolutely. Setting boundaries as a remote worker is extremely important. And one of the things that I actually do is I do delay delivery email. So if I am happen to be working, you know, at nine o'clock and that's what works for me, Mm -hmm. if I, nine o'clock PM, not AM, but if I am doing that, I don't want someone to expect me to always be on my email that evening. So I create emails and I delay the delivery to send it 7 a.m. the next morning. Oh, well, this is news. I will need, you'll need to show me offline how to do these kinds of things. Yes. Sounds amazing. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And while we're on the topic of challenges, I'm just going to like name a list and you can say yes and amen to any of the ones that you agree. Mm-hmm. I have a little okay. list of other challenges. Uh, with a, being a remote employee, I'm a contractor. Are you also a contractor? Independent contractor? Yes. Yeah. So does that mean you also do not get PTO? You don't get days off? No. Nope. Mm-mm. Right. So you don't also don't get sick days. Nope. Right. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Yes. Yeah. There's just no benefits in the sense of like a a proper employee benefits. Right. Like if you were receiving a W-2 and normal like corporate job, you have Uh, health insurance, you know, life insurance, maybe like all of this kind of stuff and and no, you're a tax partner. So that's fun. Yeah. 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 Your taxes are different. You're like tax double or something like that. We should probably talk to a CPA, but your company doesn't pay for it. 
Right. So you're taxed as an employer and an employee. That's correct. So it's not fully double. It's not like, oh, I'm taxed at 25% normal. Oh, right. 50%. Yeah. It's not that drastic, but it is something where you should be saving a much higher because you're not also not, te- you don't get money taken out of your paychecks every month. No. So you have to be intentional about that as an independent contract yeah. freelancer setting a particular percent. I personally do 20 to 25 mm-hmm. a month and setting it into a separate savings account mm-hmm. so that when tax time comes around, you, you got that money. ready and you're not like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. But then there are some benefits there too, because you can write off some things like your internet or your cell phone bill or any things that you use for work. So those are some of the challenging things, but then obviously there's some really good things too. So what would you say are your like top two best things about being able to work remotely? I mean, I know what one of them is, but just go for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> being able to travel and yeah. having that flexibility and that freedom. I also really love a huge pro for me is being able to create my own schedule because sometimes I have like these moments of inspiration and I'm like, great, like, you know, these bursts of energy to create. And then mm-hmm. other times I'm a little bit more drained. And so I feel like having that, that flexibility is really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say yes and amen to that and then add two more. And mine are, I don't have to sit in an office, which I realized particularly as an Enneagram four, like sitting under fluorescent lights in a cubicle drained my soul in a very slow and sad way that I did not yeah. realize until yeah. I wasn't in it anymore. And that's not true for everyone, but it was very much true for me where I was like, this is not where I thrive. I can do it for a period of time, but wow. Oh, wow. Am I a better human when that's not my reality? I meant absolutely the same. Like I remember times that I would sit in my cubicle and look through my boss's door to look out the window and just be like, I want, <laughs> should, can I go for a walk? And the answer was, no. you know, like I just like, want to go outside and just like, how do, how do I get out there? I want to be where the people are. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and then I think another thing is I have had more opportunities for more responsibility and advancement in my job as a remote employee than I've ever had. And that's incredible. I think I've just had a lot more, there's been a lot more flexibility, obviously. And because of that, I've been able to learn all these new skills and therefore my leaders have noticed and they're like, you're doing this great. Let's give your, let's give you more. Are you ready? Are you this? It's just, I've never felt more honored in a position either. I think I'm very fortunate with the team that I work with, but yeah, I love that. It's kind of on me. And it's, I like that. I like that responsibility aspect. Just to piggyback off of that, like I feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people question like, well, you have to, if you're going to work remotely, you know, the question is, is your career going to suffer? And I will say just for me personally, my career has actually exponentially advanced mm-hmm. because of the exact reasons that you mentioned. Like if I want to learn something, a new tool, a new software, it's up to me and I do it. And then I become a more valuable Uh, you know, individual, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I have been able to work with some of like the most incredible people Mm -hmm. and some like well-known individuals that I never would have been able to at my previous job. 100%. And I get paid more, which is great. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You're like financially do not have to suffer. Like I make more than I did at my other role. Right. And working, I work less, I work less hours and I'm making more, but it's because my skill set has grown. 
I've been invested in, not that I wasn't before, but it's just mm-hmm. different in, in, um, because I've been, I guess more, you have to be more passionate because you're not getting paid for an eight hour workday if you're not working eight hours. Right. right. So I think I've just been a little bit more invested, a little more, more driven and more wanting to prove myself, I guess. And because of that, I love my job. I love the team I work with and they've seen that. And it's just been this amazing opportunity. Okay. Well, we both have next to our remote jobs. We have kind of passion projects that we pursue on the side as well. So we're both bloggers. We blog about different things. You blog a lot about travel and digital nomading and virtual assistant. Um, uh, what would you call it? Virtual assistant tools and resources. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and then I blog about God, who knows? I blog about, uh, a little bit of travel, a little bit of, uh, me, a lot of Jesus and what I'm learning. And then we have other things too. I'm doing another writing project on the side. I have the podcast. You do a lot of things that like, I don't even know about. What are some of the things <laughs> you do? Well, so in the virtual assistant business, I match up and I have a whole segment of um, this business that is like dedicated to matching up entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and small business owners with virtual assistants. And that is like a whole nother facet to it where there's a lot that goes into matching people and doing some training um, for the client and the virtual assistant. I do virtual assistant training. So I walk through. Yeah. So that's really fun. If like a client works with a virtual assistant, but they're like, Hey, can you help him or her learn this software? Sure. Not a problem. Like Mm -hmm. so much fun to do. And I get to like work with other people. It's awesome. And then I love also another segment of the business is I coach to virtual assistants. So I help walk them through just kind of the path that we've walked down and how to get there, how to get from where they are currently, whatever that looks like to honestly where we are and where, what we're able to do. So I do that. And oh, cool. Yeah. And I also have like the whole travel planning. So I uh, plan. Uh, that's, I was like, I blanked. I was like, I know you <laughs> big thing. Travel planning. Yeah. So I am just like a really big nerd and like really into organization and all the tiny details. And so I figured why not combine that? I didn't think it was a skill at the time, but I suppose it is combine that skill with my love of travel and actually plan adventure travel trips for people. So I do that as well. So we both have these side projects that we work on that we love. Yeah. Some of them make us money and some of them don't. Like the podcast mm-hmm. doesn't make me money. My writing doesn't make me money. I know you, some of the things you do don't always make you money. I mean, I'm not good at this. So maybe you have more insight than I do. But like, what is the best way to balance being a remote worker? So like when you open your computer, your work is right there. But also when you open your computer, your passion project is right there. So how do you balance the remote job and then also pursuing those projects that you're just really passionate about? I'm going to be honest. I feel like I'm pulled in a lot of different directions Mm -hmm. because of that, because I have my clients that I serve and that I adore and I love to do that. But at the same time, I have like my passion projects that I want to spend time on. It is incredibly difficult. This sounds silly, but to spend time on my own stuff Mm -hmm. because it's not paying me right now. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It's not paying me. Yeah. It's not paying me right now. And I have these clients who are thankfully and that I'm serving, but 
I'm not paying myself right now for these passion projects and, you know, these blog posts and all of this work, the editing, the photos, like everything that goes into it. No, I'm not paying myself to edit photos or to write this thing. That would be awesome, but Wouldn't it? <laughs> it's, not, it's not. And so it's really difficult to honestly switch gears and to go, okay, I'm done with client work today. I'm going to switch and move to my stuff. So yeah. I don't know that I have like a an answer of when to do that. The, the, the best that I have come up with is like certain days, like on Tuesdays and Thursdays for me, um, in the afternoons after I'm done with client work, for me, what works is do your passion projects. Mm. I'm going to be honest, that doesn't always happen though. <laughs> yeah, there's no like, it's not black and white, right? It's not always going to work the way we want it to. I found when I was in London, because I've been working on this big writing project, um, which was a big reason I even went back to Europe this this last time I was there. So all of my work is on my computer, but then all of my writing is also on my computer. And so I was trying to find a way to just be really intentional. And what I found to help, not every time, um, and it took a lot of trial and error, was just turning off Wi-Fi on my computer. Um, so that then I couldn't be distracted by incoming emails or Slack messages. Um, I would even put my phone on Do Not Disturb. And uh, my favorite playlist to listen to when I'm trying to do creative stuff is the Deep Focus playlist on Spotify. I um, listen to that one too. It's so good because it's kind of calming, but it gets my brain moving. And all of a sudden, it'll be like an hour has gone by and I didn't even realize it. And I've typed out, you know, X amount of words. Um, so highly recommend. I will link it in the show notes. I am so thrilled. We didn't even talk about this. That we both listened to the same playlist. Yeah. So I found that like turning off Wi-Fi, taking a couple hours, typically in the morning, like I'd take like three hours right at the top of the day and just turn off Wi-Fi, focus on my passion stuff. Um, even if it was blogging, which obviously blogging is online, I would type it out in a Word document or something first and then paste it into the blog later when I had Wi-Fi. But like, I think that that's what I'm going to need to do now that I'm establishing routine, being back at a home base here in Nashville is I'm going to try and take two or three days a week in the mornings, just turning off Wi-Fi, turning off all distractions, putting on just a super chill um, playlist and getting that time in on the things that might not make me money, but bring me a lot of joy and fill me with a, a, a deeper sense of purpose. Cause it's something that I just love doing. Yes. And down the road, they will bring money. It's not happening right now, but it will yeah. like as you continue doing it. And so it was, is hard finding that time. And yes, time blocking <laughs> is really powerful. Um, mm -hmm. Being able to do that and actually following through. So I love your idea of turning off the Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. I have previously actually closed my email inbox, which yep. will, for some reason is really, really difficult to do. <laughs> but I close it down and then I close down Slack and Trello and just actually like with those apps on my computer when I'm working on the passion project. So, but I think I'm going to go further and just completely turn off the Wi-Fi like you do. I, I believe in you. You can do oh it. Oh gosh. <laughs> just start small, do like an hour increment here and there, and then you can gradually build. That'll be helpful. Yeah. I think it helps like, um, and I think this is true for some of your clients as well, but I work for a very entrepreneurial minded company. And so they know that I do things that are just mine. Like I have a blog and a podcast and they know that I'm working on this writing project. And so I've also been clear in communication of like, Hey, I'm going to take a half a day to work on this stuff. If something urgent comes up, call me or mm -hmm. text me. Um, so every once in a while I'll do that too. If I'm taking, you know, a little bit bigger of a chunk of time to work on something that's just for me, 
And then I think that that's worked out really well too. Cause then I don't feel bad about turning off the Wi-Fi because I know if it's is a big deal, they're just going to get in touch with me directly. Right. They can call or text. Like there's other options. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, man, it's hard. It's a hard balance. And then sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to open my computer for like a week. Like I just don't even want to look at that screen. Cause it's like, you spend so much time on it with work and other projects and things like that, that some days I'm like, I just need a break. I just need a lot, not open my computer at all. Yes. And that is important to take like a digital detox, you know, Yes, I feel like you need to do that. It really is important because our lives are on screens these days. Yeah. Well, and you and Jeff are so good at that. Cause don't you guys go hiking or do something outdoors like every Saturday? Yes. And it's honestly the only thing that keeps me sane. I say that because one, I'm an Enneagram one. So like my brain is like perfectionist, like that sort of thing. And so like being in the city and being on the laptop and stuff, like I need to get away and just be in nature and just see the gorgeous beauty that the landscape is. Mm -hmm. And I have to do that for me to just feel good for me. It just is so good for my soul. But yeah, yeah, we do that every Saturday and like turn off the laptops and just go outside, go in nature. Yeah. So it is important when you work from home or whatever it looks like to find those things that help you kind of separate from yourself, from your computer and from your work that fill your soul, right. And feed you in a way that you can come back to your job or whatever it is you're working on with like a renewed mind, really. Absolutely. So good. It'll make you like even more productive and even, even better at your role when you take some time. Which can be hard at the moment, in the moment, because you're like, man, I should be working on this project or completing this thing. But ultimately in the long run, if you take those six hours away to go do something that you just love doing for the sake of doing it, you are going to come back a lot more full to then take on what is ever, whatever's in front of you. And it'll be there when you get back. It's not going anywhere. I know that I've gotten messages about this and I'm sure you have too, but I, it seems like there are a lot of people out there who are very interested in potentially pursuing a remote career or being a digital nomad. So what would you say are like your two or three pieces of advice um, that you would give someone hoping to move into that field? Like how can they best prepare? What do they need to know? I think just like, honestly, the step one is figure out what you want to do in your remote job. You know, some jobs can't be done remotely. So if you're a surgeon, I don't think you can do your job (laughs) remotely. Not that I'm aware of right now. Um, But, you know, just figure out what that is. And if you are currently in a role that you feel like you can do it remotely, consider that, you know, you may have to make a few tweaks. I will say just kind of as an example, Jeff, he was an electrical engineer. Mm -hmm. He built circuit boards and worked in a warehouse and all of that stuff. Well, you can't build circuit boards and do that remotely. And when we wanted to step into doing this, we knew he needed to shift what he was doing and he was open to it, thankfully. So what we did is we thought about how his brain works and his natural skills and gifts and abilities and how we could combine that with a remote job. So he is an engineer. That's kind of how his brain works. And so he switched over to being a software engineer, a backend dev, a coder, whatever you want to call it. I don't think I fully know what he does, but (laughs) he's, he's he's a software engineer. Um, and so we used, you know, we thought about his skills. And so I think it's thinking out of the box like that, figuring out, you know, if you do want to step into working remotely saying like, yes, okay, I'm doing it. What are my natural skills? 
A tool that I like to walk people through is write down your natural skills, your natural abilities, and your natural gifts on a piece of paper or type it up, whatever, but write them down. And then on the side, write down your passions and things that you're just like really interested in, things that bring you joy, and see how you can combine those to create a job that fills you up, that you love, and that you can do remotely. Yes. I think that's like a good step is like figure out what you want to do. Figure out if your current job allows you to do that. And if not, do that little exercise and write it down and kind of figure that out. And then I think the next step is once you've figured out what you want to do remotely, figure out how you're going to do it. So figure out if there's any technology involved, if you need to learn any softwares, if you need to learn any, I mean, just anything at all. If do you need to take a course, you know, to ramp up your ability in this area. And if so, do it, you know, yeah, it really pay off. It's so good. Yeah. That is important just to like make a list, right. Of all the things that are important to you and why you would want to do it and how you could do it and just get it all down on paper so you can look at it and then talk to people, talk to people who are doing it. It's probably a good idea because they have some insight um, being in that kind of arena already and can probably provide you with even more information. Yes. And I think also talk to your family and friends and ask Mm. them what your skills and your gifts and abilities are. I know that might feel weird and feel silly, (laughs) but I will tell you, like, I didn't know being organized, like OCD organized and really detailed. Like, I didn't know that that was a gift and that everyone just wasn't. I I didn't know. And so when people pointed that out to me, I was like, well, everyone is, what are you talking about? You know, you know, you'll find out a lot of information when you ask the people who are closest to you what your natural gifts are. Yeah, that's just good for like life because you sometimes we just need the like furthered encouragement that we're doing a good job. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) on so many levels. Yeah, yeah, right. Gosh, Uh, this has been so good. Like I've learned so much, and I'm so glad to have a friend like you in my corner in all the ways, but particularly when you are a remote worker, it's nice to know other people who are doing that too, because there's a, there's a level of support and encouragement and understanding that other people might not be able to meet. And so I'm really glad to have you on my team as one of my really sweet friends. Oh, I adore you, Janine. And you know, like there's this like whole remote worker space that like people really lift one another up. And if you need help in a certain area, you know, you ask your remote worker friend and they'll be like, Oh, try this tool. So it, there's, it's just an awesome space to be in. And I adore you. You're incredible. And I love what you're doing and so excited about your journey. Well, I adore you too. Um, and I think that a lot of these listeners will as well. So where can people who are listening and tuning in right now find you on the interwebs? Oh, the old internet. Um, so <laughs> you can find me at travelbrinkley.com. And that's also my Instagram handle is at Travel Brinkley. Mm-hmm. And then don't you also have a Facebook group for people who are working remotely or looking to I work do. remotely? I do. I do. So if you plug are, it, plug it. <laughs> if you're interested in um, being a virtual assistant and joining that conversation, there's a Facebook community group called Work From Anywhere Virtual Assistants. And so, yeah, go there and we would love to have you. 
Yes. It's a great resource. I love being a part of it because there's a lot of encouragement and support and information, but there's also often, um, job opportunities that people are posting. you you post quite a few from some of your clients, right? But then even there's sometimes that random ones will pop up where someone just needs help a couple hours a week. So if, even if you're looking at like a side hustle, doing some remote work that could potentially, you never know, turn into something more. It's just a great spot to be. We have three more questions to end out our episode, Chelsea. So here is my first one for you. Knowing what you know now at 31, is that right? Yes, I think that's it. What would you tell yourself at age 20? Gosh, that's a great question. I think I would tell myself to just really follow, you know, my passions. Mm -hmm. And I think society puts a lot of pressure on us to you know, follow the societal norms as far as you do this. And the next step after college is, you know, find someone and get married and then have that white picket fence and then retire. Then you can go do the things you want to do. And I think crap, it is such crap. And I think (laughs) you can do whatever you want to do. And I would tell myself to really figure out what I want my path in life to be and to be really intentional about it. And I would tell myself to, you know, it's okay to go against the societal norms. That's Mm -hmm. just fine. You do you. Girl, and you know, that is like the heartbeat of this podcast. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Okay. Who or what is inspiring you lately? Ooh, great question. Okay. Honestly, and this is going to sound really cheesy, but you are inspiring me. Because stop. Oh No, but it's real. It's real. You've got this like kick-ass podcast going. Sorry if I'm not supposed to say ass. No, it's okay. You can say it. (laughs) (laughs) You've got this kick-ass podcast going and you are just following your dreams. And I just feel like that's so powerful and inspiring for others to see what you're doing. And I know it takes so much work to do what you're doing. You know, all of the writing that you're doing, this podcast, all of your blogging, everything. And it takes so much work. And I think it's really inspiring for other people and other women to just really see you following that path and you following your passions in life. So yeah. Thank you. That is really, (laughs) really kind of you, you know, but it's true. Thank you. I'm a mess, (laughs) but yeah, I think, I think especially in the last two years, particularly the last year while I've been traveling and stuff, I think I've just realized like I've limited myself a lot in the past. I've been my biggest hindrance Um, and just thinking I couldn't do things because I was too young or too single or too inexperienced or whatever. And I did hit that moment where I was just like, screw that. Like who's, who's saying those things right now? It's mostly just me. So I'm just going to do it anyway and do it imperfectly and make a lot of mistakes, but I'd rather grow. It's the way we learn, right? Yeah. I'd rather grow and learn from trying the things, even if they fail. I think that's what I've realized as just like a human is that failure is so subjective and what is it anyway? Like not hitting the mark. Well, you're barely ever going to hit the mark, but at least you will have made some progress along the way. Right. At least you're trying and you're just living a good, beautiful story. And I think it's incredible and you're inspiring people. So never, ever, ever give up. I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One more question before I start bawling. (laughs) In your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? Oh, I think it's someone going after their dreams and not letting society 
put expectations on you. I mean, truly, it is so easy to give in. And I will tell you, I've had so many people ask me, a lot of family and friends, even some really close people go whenever I was making this decision, say like, what the heck are you doing? You know, yeah, this is crazy. You shouldn't be doing this. You need to work in your cubicle job until you retire. And then Chelsea, you can do the things that you want to do. And, you know, I almost listened to those voices until at some point I was like, I can't, like, I can't let this be my life. And I just said, screw it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I think that is what makes someone a wild heart. Um, saying screw it and going after your passion and the things that you are gifted and called to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to think of it as like God's calling isn't limited to you being retired. Um, yes. Yeah. If he's saying there's no reason other than like, it's just super unwise or, you know, someone whose wisdom and counsel you really trust tells you it's a bad idea. But like, generally speaking, God is not limited to what American societal expectations say our life should be like at all. (laughs) So true. And also, I mean, just on like a non-faith-based perspective, I guess when I was traveling, I saw a lot of older people traveling around Europe and I was like, bless, how are they walking? Like, you know what I mean? Like they're older and you have to walk miles and miles and miles a day. Like I can barely do it at 28. And so like, why, why should we have to wait till we're 65? I don't think we should. I think as long as we're being responsible and not like, you know, just getting into a ton, a ton of debt to travel or do the things that we're passionate about, why not do them now if we can? Yeah. And honestly, like our bodies, we're not physically going to be able to do the things I think that we want to do when we're at that age. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Chelsea, this has been so much fun. Thank you for sharing so much insight and wisdom and so much of your experience with being a digital nomad with the listeners here at Wild Hearts. I know I've learned a lot and I'm sure they have too. And I can't wait to see where you head next. Oh, thanks for having me, Janine. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that you guys enjoyed my conversation with Chelsea as much as I did, and I'm sure that you learned a ton, just as I did, about what it means to be a digital nomad. Remember to check Chelsea out on Instagram at Travel Brinkley, and then check out her website for more tips and tricks on traveling, but also on being a digital nomad and virtual assistant. You guys, I cannot wait for our next episode. In two weeks, I'm sitting down with my new friends, Mac and Ken's of Delight Ministries, and we're going to be talking about what it looks like to foster healthy friendships. So we'll see you back here in two weeks. But until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.